Hello, and welcome to the PLYMC's Library Anywhere podcast, where we discuss books, programs, and all things library-related in Youngstown and Mahoning County. Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Ashley. And we are here with the October Special Collection edition of the Library Anywhere podcast. There's just something about this time of year that puts Mm -hmm. a little magic and mischief in the air. It's called spooky season for a reason, and we are ready to conjure up an enchanting book discussion. Ooh, and we are here today with Romy, a librarian in the technical services team who has a self-proclaimed boring and cumbersome title, but unofficially she wears many hats and she does a little bit of everything in the department, including covering for both members of Team Ashley while we are on our respective maternity leaves. So thank you for that, and thank you for being here today. Hi everyone, happy to be here, especially since I can mimic one of my favorite shows on TV right now, Only Murders in the Building, where they solve murders during their podcast. Yes. All right, well, let's jump right in with what we are currently reading. I need to start if that's okay, because I have to follow up from our last book chat. Oh, pop quiz. Yep, I promised to finally read the Heartstopper books that had been on the very top of my want to read list for, I swear, at least a year. In case anyone isn't familiar with the series, although I think maybe everybody in the world has already read them, um, it's a teen graphic novel series featuring LGBTQIA characters and a very sweet romance between the main characters, Nick and Charlie. And I just can't recommend this series enough. They're super quick reads. You could probably read each volume in like an hour or two. But both the art and the dialogue are, they seem simple at first, but they just have so much depth of heart and personality And the Netflix series is really just as good. I swear somehow watching it, it like broke my heart and it healed it at the same time. I already can't wait to reread and rewatch the series. Um, And of course, the next installments are already in the works. So for those that like to know there's something more coming, the author's working on volume five and season three is in the works for Netflix. Um, And I just grabbed Alice Osmond's YA novel that first introduced the characters Nick and Charlie back in 2015. That title is Solitaire. So I did it. I read the books. I consumed them all, like, I swear, in a week because it was so good. And I had to just binge watch the series, and I'm ready to watch it again. Okay, so what about you, Romy? What what do you got on your plate? What are you reading? Well, currently I'm reading two different books, which I don't normally do, but I'm I'm doing that right now for a real good reason. Um, I'm reading something that we'll talk about a little bit later that's out of my comfort zone because it's a little bit of a scary slash horror genre which is something I usually do not read. Um, It's called The Woods Are Always Watching by Stephanie Perkins. She's one of my favorite authors of romance novels that were YA. And the reason I'm reading something else is because I can't read this one at night. So during (laughs) (laughs) during the day, I'm reading The Last Love Note by Emma Gray. And it's actually an advanced reader copy, so it won't be out until November. Librarian perks. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a story about um, a woman who becomes widowed way too young, and as she's um, navigating her way through her new single mother life and trying to find a way to mend her heart. So that's more my comfort zone usually. (laughs) Wow. I I love a two for one. I sometimes do that too. Like you just can't quite give everything to one book at the same time. So you got to put something else in there. It's too scary. Yeah, Yeah. I'm with you on that. I am with you. I find that I'm like juggling books more now too. I'm like, whoa, who dis? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And I'm reading The Trap by Catherine Ryan Howard. 
And so this read is not out of the norm for me. Uh, You ladies know I love mysteries, thrillers, all in that realm. This was recommended to me by our lovely guest, Romy. (laughs) Who just finished it about a month ago. (laughs) And I'm like so close to being done with it and I cannot wait. Um, So there are three unsolved missing women cases who all have disappeared around the Dublin area. What's interesting is it's written in three point of views. Um, So one is the missing woman's sister, and she is so desperate to find her sister. Um, There is a civilian in the missing persons unit, and lastly is the perpetrator. And that's very creepy um, because you get a horrifying glimpse into the mind of a killer. Mm. Uh, There is one common link between the three cases, and that is their cell phones are found on the side of the road. I will say this book hooks you right away. It's definitely gripping, and I'm so close to the end, and I know that there will be a really good twist. Absolutely will be. <laughs> oh, a little inside perspective there. Love it. Lots of good books going on mm-hmm. right now. Okay, so maybe there is a book that you really love, um, can't get enough of, and you have to read it again, or maybe it's a tradition or during a certain time of year. So, Romy, what book do you like to reread? Well, my favorite book to reread, and I'm currently up to the sixth or seventh time, is Anna and the French Kiss by Stephanie Perkins, who's also (laughs) the author Mm -hmm. of the scary one that I'm reading. I absolutely adore this novel. A lot of people thought it was cheesy or too predictable. Ah, forget them. (laughs) It's about a young girl who um, gets sent to an American school in Paris um, to finish her, or to do her whole entire senior year. And while she's there, she's trying to navigate all the normal stuff you would navigate during your years of high school, trying to fit in, especially if you're at a new school. But she has a barrier. She's one of the only students in the school who does not speak any French, even mm-hmm. though she had French classes back at her old high school. Um, and while she's there, she meets this glorious young person who is Irish and American, and he has an English accent, and his name is Etienne St. Clair, and he is a dreamboat. Mm. <laughs> He's like the perfect person. Sounded and, like it already. <laughs> and she... Um, can't have him because he has a girlfriend so it goes through their whole school year Mm -hmm. and she develops this really amazing um, relationship with him as a like a best friend he's one of the people that she can actually count on and of course she falls madly in love with him and then the the book is about their adventure but it's just very romantic it's really well written about a first love and you actually feel like you're experiencing it Mm -hmm. and I just adore it yeah it sounds like an easy breezy read which is always nice once in a while Um, I have to say I think that Stephanie Perkins is a really talented author in her writing ability going from romance then to horror (laughs) wild Um, she's also had success with horror titles Um, so a few years ago Netflix made one of her books into a movie and so it piqued my interest and I wanted to read the book first you know classic librarian (laughs) yeah and that's there's someone inside your house Um, so from what I recall uh, it was really gruesome and I decided then to not watch the movie because I'm like I cannot visually watch this so but at least I read the book yeah (laughs) I actually just finished that last week oh the series I just read the book the book oh okay Mm -hmm. yeah and um, I was like, I couldn't read it at night. It was very gruesome indeed. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it was way more gruesome than I'm used to, <laughs> right. even though I'm I like... read a lot of mysteries. I was <laughs> right. not prepared it's... for the blood and gore. Uh, yeah. I was shocked after, you know, loving her romances that were <laughs> kind of cute and sweet. And I was, I know. I was just like... actually horrified, <laughs> which I guess for a horror novel is okay. <laughs> so she dug deep into the horror genre. She really did. Wow. Now, will you watch the Netflix series? I don't did know. you say Netflix? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a movie. That's kind of really out of my... I love <laughs> mysteries and I love suspense and thrillers but when you get into gore i just not that's how i am too oh yeah Hmm. not for me okay viewers anyone watched it can we can we handle it i mean i know i can't i wouldn't even read the book so anyway (laughs) so you've read this one you say six times when was the most recent oh it's probably been a couple years but the last time I read it, I did read it in one sitting and stayed up all night. Oh, I, there's Aww. nothing like a book that you just, you know it's coming, you've read it before, and you still can't put it down. Like, there's Absolutely. nothing better. No better feeling. Absolutely. So that's maybe something you reread as an adult. But what about in childhood? Did you have any favorites around that time? Like, what did you like reading as a kid? Oh, my gosh. Charlotte's Web. Mm. Um, I have a copy that is from... I don't even know, second grade, and it's so well-worn. There's water stains on it. It's yellowed, and it's dog-eared, and, I mean, my, my adult self cringes at the thought of <laughs> dog-earing a page or put, breaking the binding, but it has all of those. But I read it so many times. I wanted to be Fern. I mm. wanted a pet pig named Wilbur. <laughs> I wanted a spider that was my friend at the time, <laughs> which will get us into one of our other books in a little while. But, um, yeah, it was absolutely one of my favorites of all time. And I just have to say, Romy came very prepared for our podcast today, and she brought all of her books she wanted to talk about, so I can attest to the fact that her book is absolutely disgusting, and I wouldn't pick it up if you paid me. But it's so cute. Old books do not hold up well with age sometimes, especially when back then I didn't take very good care of it. I dragged it outside and to sit and read under a tree, and I would take it in my book bag, and I would take it on overnight trip so oh guys it's like weird barbie it's in love too much (laughs) or like a blankie or something that unfortunately you can't put it in the wash no but Mm. it probably almost was (laughs) just about oh well that's sweet now you said you had another one you wanted to discuss from childhood and actually it ties in because it's called daddy long legs so you would think it's about a spider but is it not it's really odd because it's it's It should have not been read by me when I did. I was only probably in fourth grade, and it's about an 18-year-old who goes away to college. Um, She had lived in an orphanage, and there was a mysterious benefactor that decided he wanted to send someone to college. And so he sends this girl um, in the book to college, and she's one of the first people to go because this is written in 1912 or 1915. I have to look and see. But the stipulation is that she goes to college and writes letters to him to tell about her education as they go. So she writes back and forth with him, and then she finds out she meets this person while she's in college and ends up falling in love with them, and then she finds out the benefactor mm-hmm. is indeed the person she's fallen in love what? with. What? <laughs> Do, does he know? He does know. <gasps> he does know. And she calls him Daddy Longlegs <gasps> because the first time that she sees him, he's super tall, and she sees him walking away. And oh, she's so, only she had mm-hmm. just turned 18, and she sees this tall figure, so she decided to nickname him. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. it's it was really too old for a fourth grader to read, but... I don't know. I like the story. <laughs> I, I mean, it it's a coming of age story, Definitely, but not like not fourth grade. <laughs> is it age. like a tale, like a, a tale of caution? 
Or is it like, is it meant to be sweet? It's very sweet, actually. Okay. It's very innocent. I mean, again, okay. it was written in like 1912. It's very okay. genius. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you read it now, I mean, she calls him daddy mm, in some of the, of the letters. So mm-hmm. that's his yeah. you know, nickname. That's kind of uncomfortable. Well, but back then, <laughs> right. it was kind How of the, sweet. <laughs> the terms have changed. Yes. <laughs> and probably with her not having a father or parents right. at all, this was right. probably a very important connection for her. Absolutely. A, a, mm-hmm. a strong, perhaps, role model. Right. But what a story for a fourth grader to grab a hold of. <laughs> I think that maybe we all, or any maybe reader at that age, has memories of sneaking books off their parents' bookshelves. Yeah, I know, I know, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and my adult self maybe would be like, "Why did you pick this book? It, it has good writing, but really, the story is kind of weird." But as a kid, I did love it, <laughs> and I love that for you. <laughs> okay, folks, get your tissues ready Uh-oh. because sometimes you just need a good cry while you're reading. So, Romy. What is your saddest book that you've ever read? That is the easiest question to answer because this I've also read a few times. A Tree Grows in Brooklyn by Betty Smith. It is a tearjerker for sure. Um, it, it chronicles the life of um, a little girl who was born in 1901, and it follows her all the way through um, her college years. And um, her name is Francie Nolan. They're very poor. It's just heart-wrenching what she has to go through. Her father is an alcoholic, and she um, just, there's so much sadness, and they work so hard, and they seem to not get very far. Um, One of the things that sticks out about the story that always just just makes me cry terribly, um, they were so poor that they would take junk and sell it on Saturdays, Mm. and they would get just mere pennies. Mm. And their mom knew that the father was always blowing money to go get drunk and she nailed a coffee can inside of the closet and it only had an opening to put money in and not to take money out and they had managed to save maybe like 18 cents which could buy a lot back then and the father like ripped the coffee can out of and to go buy alcohol with it Mm. and he ends up dying from alcoholism Um, so it's just terribly terribly sad Mm -hmm. but one of the things I like about it is that um, it goes through and it gives the backstory on like everybody. So you like they'll introduce Francie and you'll see her um, and get a little glimpse into her life, and then you'll see her dad in a scene, and then it'll go back and tell how the dad and mom met and what they were like, and maybe why mm-hmm. they chose the path they chose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the reason it's called a tree grows in Brooklyn is because they live in this big apartment building, and there's a tree breaking up through the concrete next to her window, and she like looks out the window and dreams of like a better life. And so it's just it's just very touching. Yeah. And when it can capture like the experience and living during that time, it's Mm -hmm. like a whole total different effect. Yes. On your reading experience. And it's funny because I seem to be drawn to all these books that were written a long time ago. And I would if I had to like put a label on myself, I would say, Uh no, I really don't like historical fiction and things like that but I sort of do I guess I was actually gonna you were talking and I was like wow this is like maybe the third one you've talked about that is historical setting so that's not really your preferred genre not really I mean I I did just read one a couple weeks ago another advanced reader copy Mm -hmm. um, that was written in 1898 and I was sucked right into it it was a murder mystery and talk like, about a sense of place though yeah. mm-hmm. a sense Nothing of time happened in the book until the very third part and then three people died within like oh geez like a very short period of time because i was like <laughs> this is not a murder mystery yeah <laughs> but, but I, yeah i guess i guess what it is is i don't 
I should say that I just love good writing. I guess I could mm-hmm. get sucked into any story if it's mm-hmm. a good story. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and a story like that, such a classic, essential mm-hmm. reading. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's transition from feeling sad because we've had enough sadness. Uh, it's spooky season. We talked a little bit about it not being your favorite genre, but when it kind of seems like you go for it sometimes. So <laughs> any other times you've read spooky, eerie, unsettling books, anything else you want to share on that theme? I, I did actually read a book that maybe necessarily wasn't spooky, but very uncomfortable to read. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just came out in May. Um, it's called The Guest by Emma Klein. Um, it's very uncomfortable because I hate reading um, at the same time I love reading about <laughs> characters that you're watching them tank their life mm, and yes. make bad decisions throughout it. You it's just want to scream. very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like grating. But this book is very well written, and I just could not stop reading it. Mm-hmm. I read it within a couple of days. And um, it has a very um, great Gatsby kind of feel to it oh. because it takes place in Long Island and it's about this girl who tries to move into um, different situations without paying for anything by mooching off of people mm-hmm. and like basically conning them into thinking she belongs Yeah, because she's really good at reading people and seeing what they what they want out of life and what they need and she tries to become that and she convinces them somehow to like take care of her mm. oh so she's manipulative very <laughs> conniving very, very. <laughs> and she she gets into a lot of bad situations but she mm-hmm. ended up landing in with this very wealthy person who lives in long island and she's living the good life for a while and then she overstays her welcome by kind of embarrassing him in, mm. at a party situation. Oh. And so he basically kicks her out. And she mm-hmm. owes, she owes money to people. Oh, karma. She mm-hmm. doesn't have a job. She has she just doesn't know what she's going to do. So she tries to spend the next week um, mooching off people in the area so she could get back to him. Because she's convinced if she could just get back to his house for Labor Day that he's going to realize how much he missed her. Mm. Uh, but it's so uncomfortable because she just like gets herself in these situations and you're just cringing. Yeah. And it's like, you did not like her as a character or did did you? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But you still read it. Yeah. Oh, wait, what is that called? There's a name for that when the, the narrate, like unlikable narrators or unreliable narrators. Yeah. Where you just like, don't care for the person, but you can't help but read it. That was, um, gone girl. Hated the, both of the main characters. They were, terrible Absolutely. both of them but I, I read it and it like I liked it but and I was everybody like, else yeah. in the world loved it too like it wasn't was the the universal worst. experience so like, the, uh-huh. the same like you cringing the whole yes. time mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that yeah that's how the guest kind of is you're you're just cringing and then at the end one of the worst things about it it has an ambiguous ending so you have to kind of decide where it went mm. Which drives me crazy <laughs> because I've invested all this time. I've gotten all worked up and they made it end so that like three possible different things could have happened and you're not quite sure. Uh, so I was very unsettled, <laughs> but her writing was very good. All right, play it out for us. Let's settle this. Get you a little closure. How does it end? I don't end know. her story. I don't know. I, I think all, all the ways were bad. It was they were going all bad. To end. There's no good <laughs> option. She's going to end up dead in some way. Oh, I'm probably. Sure. Or I in mean, jail, in yeah, prison. What's, definitely. What's the story that the inventing Anna? Is that what oh, I'm yes, Where she's yes. like pretending to be all these things? Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that was definitely unsettling. Mm-hmm. Unsettling. On the edge of your seat, but not in a good way. Right. 
Okay, so we've got some unsettling stories, but we are in the heart of sweater weather. And uh, we can't sign off without discussing some of our favorite Halloween films. Ashley, can you start it off for us? What's your favorite? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm sure you guys already know. I mean, I have two, but I'll start with Hocus Pocus. I mean, yeah. Um, Believe it or not, I've never seen (gasps) Hocus Pocus. Oh, my gosh. What? Fun fact, I almost won trivia at a Hocus Pocus brunch. Okay, wait. So close. Tell us how you didn't win. What happened? Well, because I wouldn't go up in the front there and like compete with other people but you could I was sitting it. at my table and I'm like I got that right you could have won got it that right. you could have um, done it and then my second one is Legend of Sleepy Hollow and how we talked earlier about like rereading mm. something so every year um, probably for like three or four years now I've listened to the Legend of Sleepy Hollow it's just in October I have to listen to it I love and, that. I mean, I it's a short it. story, but seasonal traditions. Yeah, I love it. Great choices. <laughs> I, I think that Romy's going to be watching Hocus Pocus this year all the way through. Please, I, I will um, for Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> so, as far as favorite Halloween films for me, I'm just going to go with the classic Charlie Brown. Oh, because oh, that's yeah. really I don't watch a lot of <gasps> Halloween yeah. shows or anything. I know they're on all the time, but I, you know, I don't love the scary. So yes. I'm going to go for the. <laughs> The spooky, but in a comforting childhood kind of memory way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, I can agree. I don't love horror. I'm a wimp. But I do love, like, anything that's, like, humorous or, like, a campy spin on Halloween. Like, mm-hmm. first, I've, I've always loved um, The Nightmare Before Christmas. And now my kids have gotten into it. I've also it. never seen that. Stop. <laughs> I I haven't finished it. I've started it and like we've already watched it twice just this year. Like my kids love it. Oh my gosh. I remember okay, I had the movie, like VHS mm-hmm. growing up and I lent it to my cousins who would never listen to this podcast, but like I'm still mad oh, at you because they pulled the tape out of the VHS <laughs> because they were like young and they didn't understand. No. But anyway, my kids love it. We've watched it twice this year. They want to listen to the soundtrack like all the time. It's so fun. Um, and then anything, like I said, like fun ho- Halloween. I love the Adams Family. I think I watch like the Angelica Houston and Christina Ricci version oh, yeah, every right. year. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, classic. Classic. Ca- speaking of Christina Ricci, uh, Casper, every year. Mm. I cannot mm-hmm. go. <gasps> oh. Devin Sawa, <laughs> can I keep you? Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> So I have okay. some um, to do. You have yes. a couple you yeah. have time though. It's early. <laughs> so um, big secret for those listening, we don't do this live. So it's just coming into October for us. So she's got the whole month ahead of her to listen or to watch a few Halloween movies. We will be checking back with her. Um, and then before I stop talking about Christina Ricci, I have to mention her cameo or actually her role in the Netflix Wednesday series. I love that they brought her back for that. That I didn't watch that one. Okay, you guys have to watch it. It's such a fun take on it. It's a little different. It's modern. Um, And bringing back Christina Ricci in a different role, but with, you know, the Wednesday Mm -hmm. character is just a really fun twist. Can't wait for the next season. I don't know with the strike when that's actually yeah, coming out. Yeah, there, there will be another season. they were working on that's it. That's good. I, I mean, should it was have super popular. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was really yeah. fun. Okay, awesome. That's Halloween. That's spooky season. Romy's got her work cut out for her. Got a job for her to <laughs> we do. We have to put some titles on hold for her. <laughs> I'll just show up on my desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, before we head out, what books are you guys looking forward to reading? What's on your TBR? Let's start with Romy. Well... 
It's funny that you mentioned TBR because as of today, my current TBR has now moved up to 2,890 <gasps> books. What? Oh my. Wait. <laughs> Wait. But you know what? You're an avid reader and I believe you can do it. I mean, because I you're like that. reading I, I, like. I really don't think there's time left in my life, but I'm going to always be yeah. reading them. Before you even continue, <laughs> do you like, okay, so you're finish a book. You're ready to read a next book. Do you go to your TBR on Goodreads and like scroll through it to select it? Sometimes. The answer is no, isn't it? Sometimes. The answer is, I feel like the answer for most people is no. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. Sometimes. Like for example. If you're like stuck. Like the current ones I'm reading now, like I just started into a new series that's older. I know it's on there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can search for it. I just Mm -hmm. haven't gotten that far. But here's the problem. I tend to, if I love a book, I'll tend to put everything by that author on my TBR. Yeah, fair. And I go, want to read, want to read, want to yeah, read, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, even if I read every single day for the rest of my life, I'm probably <laughs> not going to have enough time. But it's that's going to be my my goal, to read as many as I can. Oh, I love my, that. my red list that I just um, updated last night, I think I'm up to 790. Oh, girl, yes. But that's counting everything from like high school, college, sure. whatever I put it on. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some I forgot. But yeah. I, um, I just love to read. And now, because it's football season, another story story for another time I have lots of time to read so I've been reading a ton of things and you have so. to watch some Halloween movies well yeah, yeah. so I'm gonna have to like, like slow balance. down the reading a bit yeah okay so sorry sorry for the interjection let's hear what's coming up for you okay so what's coming up for me now and this both of these things um, are tied into TV shows that I'm currently obsessed with I'm currently watching Will Trent mm. um, which is on Hulu um, and it's based he's a character based on books written by Karen Slaughter mm. So I've decided mm-hmm. since I've started watching the series, which is usually backwards for me, I usually have to read the book first mm-hmm. and then watch, but I'm mm-hmm. going to read the series of Will Trent by Karen Slaughter. So you've never read Karen Slaughter? I've never read Karen Slaughter. Okay. So as a non horror, don't love graphic <laughs> violence, just prepare yourself. Well, I figured yeah. by the way the it's, show's gonna be Yeah, right. Fun. It's kind of intense. So, and, and yeah. I, but see I do love a good mystery and yeah. I do love mm-hmm. solving that. So usually that's okay. Mm-hmm. So I think oh her books are are wonderful Mm -hmm. they're just yeah they're really well written. The other thing that I'm going to start that's also based on a movie that ties back to something I'm watching Harlan Coben is one of my favorite um, writers. I've only read and I've listened to about five books by him, but I just really like his characters. But on Netflix, he has a whole bunch of different short eight-episode series Mm, mm -hmm. um, that I got sucked right into. Well, he did one for young adults called Shelter. I believe it's on Amazon Prime. Mm. And um, so there's a character in Shelter Mm -hmm. named Mickey Bolitar, and it's based off of a a young adult series he had done, and it's related to another character that he writes about called Myron Bolitar. So I'm starting the Myron Bolitar series, which are back from, like, the 90s. Okay. But Mm -hmm. he just writes so well. His characters are really well developed. His plot is constantly going through. It's constantly changing. Hmm. Um, So, yeah. I'm deaf. That's what I'm going to be right, reading right now. On top of the <laughs> the last love note and <laughs> the other scary one that I'm reading by Stephanie Bar- Perkins. And so she right? says she doesn't read more than one book at a time. <laughs> Just so you all know, know. she said I that. I don't normally, but I have been lately. <laughs> <laughs> love it. What are you reading, Ashley? Uh, So this is a new release, and it just seems fitting to read it this month. Witchy tales are trending, and when I came across the review for it, you could say it cast a spell on me. Um, It's (laughs) called The Night of the Witch by Sarah Rash and Beth Revis. Um, So this is an enemies-to-lovers fantasy romance. My favorite. 
It's young adults. Um, it's set during the medieval German witch trials. Oh. Um, so we'll see. I mean, this is really different for me. The extent of like fantasy romance mm-hmm. would be like a fairy tale retelling for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'll give it a whirl. But um, Fritzy is a witch and she's survived a brutal attack on her coven and is determined to find her only surviving family member and bring the witch hunters to justice for the lives they ended. Um, at some point, Fritzy and Otto are thrown together and he's a witch hunter, but it's just a cover. Mm. Um, so years ago, they burned his mother. Um, his innocent mother alive and so he's been plotting his revenge oh wow um so i'm guessing since it's enemies to lovers they are at first reluctant of each other and then they um can eventually earn each other's trust so i think that sounds perfect for the season yeah love it all right well i told you i'm deeply engrossed in the whole heartstopper world right now so i checked out solitaire by alice osmond so i'm gonna start that soon but the other book that i'm reading um is actually a nonfiction title it's a parenting book um i started following dr becky on instagram and i kind of loved her tips on raising resilient emotionally healthy kids so i grabbed her book um to find some useful info. You know, we all have these moments with our kids where we feel like maybe we aren't doing the best parenting we can do. And, oh God, am I traumatizing my kid for the rest of his life? Which she says, no, you're not. not. (laughs) But um, here's how to mend that. Here's how to repair, you know, when things don't always go the right way or the way you hoped they would and what to do next. So I'm hoping for some, you know, useful information, something to aspire to. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And all parents have been there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, so lots of good stuff today. Thank you for being here, Romy. Thank you for having me. Until next time, trick or treat people with kindness. This has been Ashley. And Ashley. And Romy. Happy reading. Thank you for joining us this month at PLYMC's Library Anywhere podcast. Make sure to visit our website at www.librayvisit.org where you can always find more great things the library offers. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. Also, check out our Instagram feed or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at PLYMC. You can also find us on TikTok at BPLYMC. And be sure to tune in next month for our next episode. And thanks for listening.